Welcome into another episode of Armchair GMs. I'm Tommy Tallarino. Alongside me is the fantasy football John Lynch himself, Jordan Navarro. Jordan, how are you on this fine Friday evening? Evening. The keyword yeah. evening there. You know, we schedule differences. Uh, doing great, man. Had a, had a good day today. Um, woke up happy, you know, mainly because of this man. That's right. You know, he 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 does he does good things to the mental health every every time <laughs> he steps on the field. But yeah, so I'm I'm feeling feeling fine today. Good. I, you know, I'm glad you got to enjoy your Friday. Chris McCaffrey making things better. Should have a good Saturday too. I'm rooting for Notre Dame beating Ohio oh, State. Irish. Yes, sir. Yeah. Big Hey, Listen, hopefully it's all green. The last time we had Georgia there. There's a lot of red. It looked like a Christmas tree. <laughs> We're going to try to avoid that this Saturday. Let's try to make it mostly green. It will. It will. Don't worry. But, um, yeah, you, you brought up Chris McCaffrey. He had a really good game yesterday. But, honestly, the whole San Francisco 49ers team just, I thought, played really well. They get the 30-12 to 12 win. Um, it was It was cool because – you know, the Thursday night game, it was still like 5 o'clock there. I was like, why is it still sunny? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're three hours behind. <laughs> that, that was a nice touch. But um, as as a 49er insider, what did you see from this game? Um, I saw Kyle Shanahan on a short week. Without Brandon Ayuk, put the, uh, put the load on Christian McCaffrey and told him to get to work, and that's what he did. Um, running game was pretty good i love that they finally included elijah mitchell he looked really really good yesterday um you know he's coming off some injuries in the offseason so hopefully he can keep getting better and better we all know how dynamic he is you know it's a kyle shanahan system but at all the running backs maybe besides raheem Mostert, that kyle shanahan has had up until christian mccaffrey i think elijah mitchell's probably looked the best besides raheem Mostert. uh but 11 for 42 he did a really good job uh, weaving both of them in. This is what it should look like. Christian McCaffrey should not be getting 35 touches, you know, 25 touches, which he still had a lot. He had uh, 23 total touches in this game, five targets, uh, five catches for 34. So I, I would say even scale it back even further. Elijah Mitchell really brings a, a dynamic burst of speed to the offense when he comes on the field, and it's tough for a defense. You know, you saw the the Giants defensive line was getting tired, but, you know, then you bring in a guy whose nickname is Missile. I mean, it's it's kind of tough. Uh, but everyone was getting involved. George Kittle had a nice game and Brandon Ayuk out, 7 for 90. Debo Samuel had a pretty good game. Oh, I won't say pretty good. It was great. 6 for 129, yeah. a touchdown. He did things that only Debo can do, really. I mean, he, he took like a 15-yard pass and took it 40 yards. He broke like four tackles on it. He does things that only Debo can do, and it's nice to see that he's still that superstar. He's still capable of carrying the load. But, I mean, when you add Brandon Ayuk, it's just another mouth to feed. And you got McCaffrey, you got Kittle. Like, these guys don't have to do a whole lot. But on the same side of that coin, no, go ahead. You had something to add. I was going to say, it's, it was good that, the, you know, when you do have everyone there. But I was really impressed with the guy from San Fran that did step up. You know, those younger receivers, you know, Ronnie Bell, uh, Jennings. And, you know, adding Elijah Mitchell in, he's very solid. I thought he looked good last year before they got McCaffrey. But when you get McCaffrey, yeah. your your touches are going to go down. But uh, they all worked really well in space last night, which was like, usually it's like 
one or two guys on the team will get the yak yards, everyone was getting yak yards. Yeah, I mean, Ronnie Bell is he's a seventh round pick uh, out of Michigan. Uh, go big blue. Two for 24, right. caught a touchdown. It was a, it was a nice touchdown that he caught. Uh, got his feet in bounds, toe tapped it. Also had a hell of a tackle on special teams. And he really is what, uh, what Kyle Shanahan wanted Dante Pettis and Danny Gray to be. He's a dog. He's, he's one of them. He's, he, you know, he gets physical. He's a great teammate. He blocks even when the ball's not coming to him. I think that's a big thing about San Francisco. They have a lot of mouths to feed anyway. Brandon Ayuk is a star wide receiver. Debo star. Yeah. George Kittle star, Christian McCaffrey, you know, all world elite talent. Dog. And those guys, you add in Elijah Mitchell, like, you know, obviously Kyle Juszczyk's a fullback. He knows his job is to primarily block. But take Kittle, for example. When Kittle's not getting the ball, this is the best game he's had. Other than this, he's had like three, four catches a game. Doesn't complain. Blocks. Debo, when Brandon Ayuk's going off, doesn't complain. Blocks. Ronnie Bell, he gets his chance. A lot of the time, they just had him blocking. Jawan Jennings has been on the team for three years blocking like Ray Ray McLeod block like these guys they they buy in they play for each other they they understand that not everyone can get the ball you know you can't that seven different people can't touch the ball in a single play uh but you know it's just it's a great it's a Colin Coward said it best today I think it's a symphony it's an orchestra and Brock Purdy just keeps the beat now with that said he doesn't escape criticism it's a clean win but this season, especially these last two games, have looked kind of rough. Now, statistically, it doesn't look like that from the box score. But to say that he played well in the first half is kind of a stretch. He had a lot of interceptable passes. Um, just looked a, 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 a tad slow, a tad off. He, You know, we, we all know he's not elite. He's not a world beater. He's just a game manager. He just happens to have the Avengers. Uh, I mean, playing beside him pretty much. Got all them infinity stones on the offense. Yeah. So, I mean, any quarterback coming into the situation that can process as quick as Brock and, you know, keep the ball safe is going to play well. But he still needs to be cleaner because it's not always going to be against the Giants. You know, you have to beat the Dallases and the Phillies. You're going to have to play clean and you're going to have to execute because you're not going to get many chances. And also, they're not going to let Debo get 50 yards of yak. You know what I mean? They're, they're good tackling teams as well. So, But Brock Purdy was a little messy in the first half, much better in the second half. It's really my only criticism of the offense. Defensively, they did what they, they do. Yeah. Steve Wilkes was conservative in the first half, dropped back, kept everything in front of him. Second half, dialed up the pressure. Daniel Jones was seeing ghost. Shocker. They did what they do. They dogs. Nick Bosa first sack in a while, too, in the regular season. What was it, three games? Yeah, I mean, you have yeah. Dan Bellinger chipping Nick yeah. Bosa on a, on a boot. Would you even say he chipping, though? Yeah, he didn't chip him. <laughs> he, goes, he goes unblocked on a boot. Like, I mean, Daniel Jones, like, I, and to be honest, I mean, there's not a lot to say about the, the Giants offensively. But I will say, Daniel Jones didn't play bad. He, for the most part, played a clean game. But you know, Tommy, and we, you know, we say this, you have to have somebody on offense that you can just tell, get open. They don't have that. And Darren Waller, you can say, is like, he's good, but he's hard countered by San Francisco. I mean, Fred Warner, Talanoa Hafunga, Dre Greenlaw, it's hard for any tight end to get open against Dallas and San Fran. 
and he's really the only guy that they have that you can say, all right, go make a play, other than Saquon. But in the receiving room, he's really the only guy they got. So he, Daniel Jones played a clean game, but, I mean, what can you do, really? When Paris, you got Paris Campbell, you know, and his yeah. jersey number is zero because that's how many yards he gets after the catch. Like, it, it's very tough. Yeah, it, I thought he, I thought he had a decent game. The problem is, and you know, they talked about it last night. All of his throws are dinks and dunks. That's all they, that he can do. If if he did have someone downfield, I don't know how it goes. I don't know how what the throws are going to look like consistently against that Niners defense. But Darren Waller, he barely even played. I felt like in this game, he he was missing. I felt like almost the whole first half. He had like I think a couple catches at the end of the half. But before that, he was in on a QB sneak to, like, help push. And I didn't see him, on like, get involved at all afterwards. And it's well, I mean, like... You get a, you play against a defense like that. They had him blocking or yeah. you know, block release, chipping a lot. And to me, they got Darren Waller to play the Travis Kelsey role. That, at least that's what I thought, yeah. right? That was the whole goal uh, think, for Daniel yeah, Jones. I think you, you he's got play, the guy now. You should really put Darren Waller in the slot like a majority of the time. He really shouldn't have his hand in the dirt, and he should be used like that. I think that would help this offense a lot. But like you said, it's a lot of dink and dunks, and it's not that they don't have guys that can go deep, Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, but they're not they're not world beaters deep. Now, I don't like Jalen Hyatt. I'm not a big fan of his, but he you know, he has potential and if he if he reaches a potential, he'll be a great down the field threat. But right now he's a rookie. So really the guy you wanna have do that is Darius Slayton and he's not good. Like he's just yeah. meh. He's there. Yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't they don't have anyone to go downfield and everyone else is a slot receiver. And Wanda Robinson's the only one of them that has a little juice, but he's coming off an ACL. So I mean it's just a lack of weapons for the Giants. Yeah. And you don't want to run Daniel Jones too much because I mean if he gets hurt, your next be- next best option is Tyrod Taylor. And as much as Daniel Jones may be subpar at playing quarterback he can keep you in a game with his legs when you add Saquon to that run game and he has a good enough arm to take these shots when they can draw him up against mediocre defenses but it's it's just it's not a good offense and their offensive line is horrendous Evan Neal was getting beat like a drum and you know you brought up bringing in Darren Waller and him moving plays downfield my thing is, you know, you give Daniel Jones that money, you, you're you paying him too much for just dinking and dunking. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. You, absolutely. You agree. had to go out and get a receiver because if you look at the NFC as a whole, there's a lot of games where it could be like that, where it's the exact same game as what they dealt with the Niners. And we saw it could be a lot worse when they faced the Cowboys. I mean, there was it looked worse against the Cowboys. It's just like, I don't know what the decision-making was, but there needs to be more people in the receiving room. It's like you said uh, a couple weeks ago, a lot of these guys are just gadget players. That's really all they are. You know, when they looked at the receiver room and they're bringing back people like Sterling Shepard, who's missed a lot of time in his career with the Giants, what was the point in bringing him back? And it's like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, One thing about the Niners, I will say that, uh, they converted really well on third and long, I thought. Giants defense, I thought, look, it looked really good in the first half. The only problem is, you know, they just got tired out. They were on the field way too long. I thought the pass rushers were getting to Purdy. 
the front seven looked good. Secondary was batting down balls. They probably could have had a couple interceptions, but I, know, I think it was uh, Kittle made a nice play of uh, batting the ball out of bounds. Yeah. So the defense, I thought, held up. I know the score was 30-12. to 12. Most of it was field goals. So at that point, it's like they just couldn't get off the field and they were breaking a couple drives. But um, overall, you know, Niners are in a good spot. They moved to three and zero, and they also, I'm probably you saw, they extended Lynch and uh, Shanahan after the game. Did see that? Which that's that's a no one surprise. I feel like. Um, and then next week, San Fran faces Arizona, so that'll be a, a good divisional game. I'm sure. Uh, Niners by a million. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, five hundred thousand. Yeah, five hundred thousand. Yeah, which I figured. I mean, when you have a stinky team like Arizona, who there's not there's not a lot of talent there. I don't blame you. Giants. They move on to Seattle. That should be a good game. Both teams are kind of in the same spot, so I'm interested to see that one. But I think we got to move on to these Sunday games. Um, you have the records pull up. We'll go over the records before we go into picks again. Uh, so. We are looking like you finished last week at twenty-two and ten. We'll take it. Adam's at twenty-one and eleven, and I am at eighteen and fourteen. All pretty solid. It's a good start, but um, and we all pick San Fran from the last one, right? Yeah, we all start the week one and up. Yeah. I was to say we're all off to a good start. We got uh we got some interesting matchups this week. I don't think there should be as many um lose games of the week that we thought that were going to be last week, so that's pretty good. First game is Titans at Cleveland. This should be a pretty good game, I think. Uh bounce back spot for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns after a pretty mediocre defeat by the Steelers. Uh Keep the momentum rolling for the Titans. See, it's it's one of those games. I think rain's in the forecast. It's already got like one of the lowest over unders on the yeah. on the day. It's gonna be one of those games. It's gonna be the third quarter. It's gonna be like seven to three. It's gonna be very messy. And I think the the Titans kind of thrive in games like this. So I'm gonna take the Titans one and one on the road over the Browns. Uh, key for the Browns to win this game, though, even though I'm picking against them, is to just get to Ryan Tannehill, which they can with that pass rush. We saw it week one. They looked horrible. Uh, Ryan Tannehill threw, like, you know, three picks. But they looked really good last week. And uh, Tajay Spears, man, I think he's an X-factor. They're keeping Derrick Henry off the field. And Derrick does kind of – he's he, – this is the – I don't want to say it's the worst he's ever looked because he started seasons slow before, and we know he's – He's superhuman. He gets better as the season goes on. But you can definitely tell he's not... Age is catching up the, to him. Yeah, the yeah. legs ain't as fresh as they used to be. So I yeah. think Tajay Spears is really going to help him this season. And I think he has a little bit of juice. And I think he brings a different dynamic to that offense because he can kind of stretch the field horizontally. Whereas Derrick Henry, it's, you know, give me the ball. Get out of the way. I'm going downhill. I'm going through you, around you. Like, it. you know, he only has one speed. And that's go. Yeah, I mean, I, this is kind of, I feel like, 
this this is set up for a messy game, and both these teams, I think, thrive in it. Um, you know, last week Cleveland, that was a brutal loss for them because they were in it the whole way. They did not look good offensively, I thought, but the defense I thought played really well. You know, they gave up the one big touchdown, but fourteen of the points came off of Deshaun Watson turnovers. So yeah. overall, they played really good. I think that pass rush, I'm going Cleveland this one. I think the pass rush gets to Tannehill a little bit. I think the the defense is a little bit better than what the Titans faced last week. You know, Chargers defense, we've seen two weeks in a row. It's a mess. It really is. I mean, the first week they had yeah. Cleo Mack on Tyreek Hill. I don't know what that was about. But um, <laughs> Tennessee, I just think, you know, it's hard. You know, Ryan Tannehill. He, he had really good years in Tennessee, but he's back to the Miami version himself, I feel like. And Derrick Henry, I think, might be a tougher task for him this week just because I think it's a little bit better run defense as well in Cleveland. But this is going to be a close game, I think. I think it's within a field goal either way. Next game, um, two run-heavy teams. The Atlanta Falcons travel to Detroit, take on the Lions. Two hog mollies. We That's get right. Arthur Smith, who uh, doesn't care about your fantasy teams, and we get Dan Campbell, who's taking kneecaps, and he doesn't care about your fantasy teams either because he doesn't give Jameer Gibbs work. Uh, <laughs> so Lions will host them. They don't have David Montgomery. The backfield will be comprised of Jameer Gibbs, uh, Tommy Tallarino, and George right. Navarro. Uh, we're both suiting up for Detroit tomorrow in the backfield. Uh, you know, if you want me on fantasy, I'm probably good for. Two carries, negative six yards, uh, but the vibes will be immaculate. How many catches, though? Because if you're in a PPR league, that might be worth it. Maybe one. You know, they might eat me out of the backfield once. I might catch a Jared. You know, it's probably negative eight yards, though. Like, let's, you know, I'm not outrunning anybody. But, you know, full point PPR, though, that's point two, you know? Yeah. If I can keep the losses to a minimum. Yeah. But, no, seriously, uh, I don't know who the other running backs would be. I'm sure it'll probably be Craig Reynolds. And uh, I know they still sound of a night to practice. I don't know if they'll bring him up or not. So Craig Reynolds, Jameer Gibbs for sure. But Atlanta coming off a pretty good win against the Packers. Uh, Desmond Ritter flashed, showed a little bit of talent, which is shocking. <laughs> showed that he can play quarterback just a little bit. And the Lions coming off a heartbreaker in, in OT against Seattle. It's a shootout every time they play him, like we said. But Jared Goff yeah. had a great game. Uh, Amon Ra is playing through turf toe, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle the wide receiver rotation, if he actually plays a full game or not. But I'm going Detroit. Um, I think that they've showed that they're going to be serious this year. I don't think the team is any worse than it was last year. And we saw how hot they got down the stretch. I think they're carrying that momentum over. A big loss. CJ uh, Gardner Johnson is going to be out now. He had a, a torn pack. But I just think that they can beat Atlanta in a shootout. And I trust Jared Goff to play better than Jordan Love did. And I don't think Desmond Ritter is, is capable of beating a quarterback like Jared Goff yet. And if this game does become close, you know, it's not really a shootout. I mean, I think the over-under is 46. So if it's not, like, super heavy, you know, 24, 21, something like that, like it's 13, 10, 17, 14, I'm going to take the veteran quarterback in that matchup as well. Yeah, I'm I'm also going to go Detroit in this one. I feel like 
There's a little bit more playmakers on the other end for Detroit compared to what they saw in Green Bay last week. Although Atlanta looked really good. Like you said, Desmond Ritter flashed, which that shocked me. I'm not going to lie. I I talked a lot of stuff about Atlanta before the season about how I really want them to throw the ball. They did more. Uh, They got Bijan more involved last game, which I thought was really good. They kind of have a two-headed backfield now because Tyler Algier, he's still playing really good. Defensively, um, we talked about this defensive unit a little bit in the offseason. They have improved. They, the key pieces that they brought in, Jesse Bates and Cleo Campbell, or Clays Campbell, they look good. They look solid. But overall, Detroit at home coming off that loss. It would Now Jameer Gibbs, I think, like you said, he's going to have some of the most touches on the team in the backfield. I think that's a big factor that they have to play into. And Atlanta really hasn't seen a lot of dynamic players so far on the offensive ends of the other teams with uh, facing Carolina and then Green Bay. But um, like, I'm with you. When you have a veteran quarterback like Jared Goff, we we say he looks like a pumpkin or a statue sometimes, but he still he makes the right decision, at least when he's been in Detroit. You know, he's cleaned up the turnovers. He looks He's looked good so far this season. He's getting everyone involved. And when you get everyone involved like he has been, I, it's really hard to stop a team like that. Next game, we'll go Saints-Packers at Green Bay. Um, I believe Aaron Jones is in for this one, right? He is. Um, don't know if Christian Watson's playing or not. I think that they rested him on Thursday. I haven't seen the practice report today. I'm looking for it right now on my phone, actually. Um, this is it's another toss-up game for me because it's it's Green Bay. It's a very tough environment to play in um and jordan love as much as i want to hate on him he hasn't turned the ball over yet at least throwing the ball i think he's fumbled yeah uh yeah i mean he's not completing a high percentage of his passes but the players are are making plays for him uh but i don't think it'll be enough to beat the saints i think this is a veteran defense um with a veteran quarterback. They're only minus one favorites at home, which is, you know, unusual for the NFL. It's usually minus three. Uh, so I'm going to take the Saints. I just think that I always choose veteran quarterbacks in, in a situation like this. But I won't be shocked if Green Bay wins this game as much as I, I don't want to see Jordan Love do well because I, I just don't think he's that talent, talented. And I think he's getting a lot of hype. Uh, with Aaron Jones... Matt LaFleur has called good enough games for them to win with Jordan Love. So, But I'll take the vet quarterback in this one, and I'll, I'll go Saints. Yeah, New Orleans, they played last Monday. We kind of talked about the game um, Tuesday. You know, the, the offense, is, something's just not clicking right now, I feel like, for them. You know, they're not putting a lot of points on the board. They have the talent. Uh, Derek Carr, Olave, you know, that was the huge deal going to the offseason for them. Um, Kamara's coming back next game. Backfield's a little bit dwindled. But this New Orleans defense, I think, is no joke. They're just as good as they always was. They give a lot of young QB problems, especially teams that um, have a first-time quarterback going against the Saints defense. It's really tough games for them. I'm going New Orleans. I think the pass rush is going to get the Jordan Love. I don't know if he's going to turn the ball over a lot, but I think they're going to contain 
um, Aaron Jones a little bit, make it harder for Jordan Love to go out and make that play for him to, you know, get that third down conversion, keep the drive alive. Give me Nola. Key factor in this game before we move off of it. Uh, Kendra Miller is active. And with Jamal Williams out, I think you're going to see a new dynamic to the Saints offense because I don't know if they'd give him a chance if Jamal Williams is out. But I'm a big believer in Kendra Miller. Uh, I think with him in the backfield, he gives a different element. He's very Dalvin Cook-esque. And uh, I think he's going to show that he's probably the second best back on this team other than uh, Alvin Kamara, who should be back next week. And I think with him... And Taysom Hill coming out of the backfield, this run game is not going to look as bad as people expect it to look. Uh, and I think it might look even better than it has if Kendra Miller is fully healthy because he was a beast in college. Yeah, and with the contract that Taysom Hill got, you know for sure he's getting involved. He, they're getting their money's <laughs> worth for that one. Oh my god, I still can't believe the contract that he ended up getting. But uh, I think that's good, though, for the Saints because they need a change of pace of something. Because the offense has, has looked slow the first two weeks. I mean, even against Tennessee, I know they gave Ryan Tannehill problems, but the offense wasn't moving downfield either. They were just kicking field goals, and then it was 6-3 for the longest time against Carolina. So I, I think he can do something special there in New Orleans at least this week. And then we'll go, oh, man, Denver at Miami. Taking Miami because I think uh... – this turns into a track meet. I'll take the team yeah. that is, uh, has all the track stars. Uh, tough matchup for Patrick Sertain. Uh, we know Jalen Waddle practice this week. Uh, I think he's officially questionable. Um, so if he clears protocol by Sunday, this is going to be an extremely tough matchup for the secondary. I... It's just hard for me to see Miami losing right now with how in tune Tua is and how smooth this offense is running. I mean, they look surgical against New England, and I like the play calling for New England much better than I like it for Denver. Now, Denver, Russell Wilson's looked pretty good this year, so maybe they can put some points up on the board, give Miami a run for their money. But like I said, if it turns into a, a boat race, track race, I'll take the team with the track stars. Give me Miami. Yeah, Miami's coming out the gates really fast. Uh, you know, I I think they've looked like one of the best teams in the AFC the first two weeks, and I think a lot of that is because of the offense and how well Tua is playing. I watched a little bit more of the Week 2 game they had more than the Week 1, but Week 2, he was getting the ball out so fast to, down to these receivers. He wasn't holding on to the ball. And I just don't see, although Denver's pass rush, they're a really good front seven. I don't know if they'll get there that fast at Tua. You know, the offensive line has held up for him. And on the other hand for Denver, you know, like you said, Russell Wilson looked good, but that offensive line did not last week against Washington. I think he walked away getting sacked eight times. He had the Hail Mary to, you know, get him in range. Then they fail on the two-point conversion to try to tie the game up. I just, this is a tough game for him. I just don't see the offense getting a lot of stuff going for him, especially with how Miami's defense has played. It's Vic Fangio's done a really good job. They're kind of playing in shape now. The pass rush is, I think, just as, maybe not as good as Washington, but around the similar level. I think they can get to Wilson, get him to get a couple turnovers. I, I got Miami in this one as well. 
And like you said, this is a tough matchup for Pat Sertain on either side. Tyreek Hill, yeah, he only had 40 yards last game, but that's because he was getting triple covered most most of the time. Either one of them, too, can go off for 100 and on any given game. And then next game, this is going into the year, I did not expect both of them to be 0-2 in this matchup. The Minnesota Vikings head to L.A. to take, or no, the Chargers head to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. How do you have this one going? Lord, please. The over-under is 54. There's always one game a year that it seems like both teams just want to feed your fantasy team. And both this teams want to put up 50. And this needs to be it. The Los Angeles Chargers offense outside of the red zone has been excellent. They're going to be missing Austin Eckler again, but I don't think that's going to be an issue against the Minnesota Vikings defense, who has not stopped anybody this year. Uh, so good offense. I think the red zone worries can be fixed. Uh, you know, Minnesota side, Kirk Cousins cooking. He He's cooking. He's he's doing what that's he did Captain last year. Kirk Remember right my, my bold prediction last year was that Kirk would throw over for 5,000 yards. He made a hell of a run at it. He fell short. Uh, but I was right about Kevin O'Connell. He was cooking that offense's uh, game plan up. Kirk Cousins is a master at it. Jordan Addison brings a dynamic element that they've been missing since Thielen has started to uh, grow old. Jordan Addison's been beating people deep every week. We know what Justin Jefferson does. He's the best receiver in the NFL. Um, comes down to the run game. They're not going to need a run game this year, or this game, but they did uh, trade for Cam Akers. Don't know if he'll play or not, but him and Madsen are a horrible running back duo. Neither of them have <laughs> looked any good this year, uh, so it doesn't really matter. But through the air, they can beat the Chargers because the Chargers have been getting beat through the air the first two weeks of the year. Uh, but if there was a game for the Chargers to get right defensively, it would be against Kirk Cousins and uh, his his tendencies to have bad games. But I'm really hoping for a shootout. I'm going to take... Mm. That's mm. a tough one. I'm it's a coin mm. flip. I'm going to take the Chargers because I think they have a little bit more on defense. Maybe their defense can make a play. They do have a lot of stars on that defense. So maybe their defense can make a play. Take a couple positions away from from Kirk Cousins. Defensively from Minnesota, there's there's not a whole lot to write home about there. So I'm thinking Kellen Moore is probably just going to cook them up and uh Justin Herbert's look good this year, um, so keep the the good play coming. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked they lost to Tennessee last week. Tennessee, that was a huge win for them. I thought that was a bounce-back win for the Chargers. And then Minnesota, now they're 0-2, and like, I, I don't know. If, if they fall 0-3, is it time to send Kirk off to the Jets? You call uh, up, I see mean, what too. see what you can get. I think you start taking calls at zero and three because it's, it's extremely hard to come back yeah. from zero and three. Um, you really put yourself in a hole at that point. You start taking calls, but I don't even know if they. Well, like, I mean, they'd have to be catastrophically bad. I think at the deadline for them to to move Kirk because of how weak the NFC is. Yeah, I I know his contract's up, so I just didn't know if. Uh... You know, if it's worth it after the 0-3 start. But, uh, you know, you brought up Kirk Cousins is, 
is cooking right now. And this is a this is a one o'clock game. It's not prime time, Kirk. So this this means this could be something special, maybe a 500-yard game, probably not, but it'd be kind of cool to see, at least for fantasy. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Cam Akers trade because I don't know if you saw the, the exact details. Minnesota gave up the lowest thing possible for Cam Akers. It was like three years out, like the sixth and seventh round picks. <laughs> they spent they nothing were, on him. They were swaps, right? They might have been swaps, yeah. I think they were. I think they were swaps. I think yeah. that the Rams just said, "Do you want to swap twenty twenty six like six round yeah. or not even twenty like twenty twenty seven six round picks?" And they're like, "Sure." And they're like, "All right, we'll give they, you Cam they Akers end up for doing free." The seventh too. So yeah, it's like we'll give you Cam Akers for free. Yeah. Uh, Mattinson and Mattinson or Akers, they're gonna have a mediocre game. I I don't think you know it's hard if Akers got. I don't think he's gotten a lot of reps to show what he can do. But for Mattinson, I. I don't see a lot of special ability in the run game that the Minnesota needs. Justin Jefferson, he'll have a good game. He always does, I feel like. Um, I I think you know, have Eckler out. I'm going to go Minnesota because Minnesota's uh, pass defense is kind of held up a little bit better than I thought it would the first two games. So may, maybe they force something. I don't know. But both defenses have not looked great. But uh, give me Big Kirko in this one. Next up, we got New England at the Jets. You want to go first? What well, could have been? I'll say it every week. Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, I how can you take the Jets with any confidence with Zach Wilson? I mean, I I did say last week I thought he played pretty decently, um, at least for the first three quarters against Dallas. But it's Bill Belichick, um. Don't see them falling to 0-3. It's not like it's a tough road game for them. They own East Rutherford at this point. Um, Give me the Patriots. You know, I wasn't really fired up about this game after um, the 0-2 start, which making a big deal about it. Patriots 0-2 first time since 2001. Yeah, well, they face Philly and the Dolphins. I think most teams in the NFL might go 0-2 with that, so I'm not going to hold that too much against them. They haven't looked too terrible. There's been spots in the game where they have looked bad. But I got fired up once I saw Sauce Gardner's comments about New England. I don't know if you saw it. No. Sauce Gardner on the Patriots' offense said, they don't really have anything complex. It's pretty simple for the quarterback to get. Well, Sauce, I don't know if you know, but the New York Jets haven't really beat the Patriots since 2015. So if it's simple, I wouldn't break it. And last year was your best chance. I mean, it took a lot for that second game for New England to win. It took a punt return. But with Bill O'Brien there and now Zach Wilson back in the quarterback room, and we know what Bill does to young quarterbacks, I'm going New England. This is a bounce-back game for him. But that, that quote kind of fired me up a little bit. I saw that, and I was like, when your franchise hasn't really done anything in the past decade, I wouldn't be talking trash. Next up, we'll Fair go with, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just like, th- don't open your mouth if, if when, with that stuff. I'm sorry. Next up, Bills at Commanders. What do you got in this one? We are, we are on a fraud check for Sam Howell. Uh, not that he's played bad, like, recent, like I think he's played good this season. It's fraud check 
this is his first real test. Uh, we're going to figure out this week what Sam Howell is. Buffalo coming into town. They're 2-0. Commanders, just a lot of good vibes around that uh, team. I'm glad. I'm happy for them. They deserve it. They need uh, it. Josh Harris brought a, brought a new energy to that team. They're playing well. Uh, Brian Robinson being fully healthy after the uh, tragedy that, you know, the, the not tragedy, but traumatic experience of, you know, being robbed and being shot. Uh, good to see him playing well this season, and he looks he looks to be all the way back to what he was at uh, Alabama. Bill's kind of getting a little bit of a run game going. James Cook's looked good. He's not getting any work in the red zone because he's like 110 pounds. But um, Josh Allen, the tale of two games for him. Uh, we got Super Josh last week. And the first week, we got Wyoming Josh Allen. Uh, so, which Josh Allen showing up this week? Somewhere in the middle, probably. I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, Expect them to keep their hot streak going. I think a little bit of the pressure is off of them, whether they want to admit it or not. I think they probably feel a little bit better that Aaron Rodgers isn't playing for the Jets and that Zach Wilson is. Not that they've lost respect for that team. Saying it's a little bit different feeling being one and one with Aaron Rodgers on that team and being tied with them, and it's one and one and Zach Wilson's on the team. So I think the Bills will, will move to two and one, get their first away win. Uh, on the commander side, the keys to winning this game. Really, Chase Young has got to step up and play excellent, which he has uh, since he came back. Played really well last week. And Sam Howell, going to have to beat him deep. Uh, don't think, I mean, the Bills' run game, run defense has always been kind of shaky, but I don't know if they have a dynamic enough runner to really take advantage of that and carry this game. Uh, so, yeah. It's going to be a big game for the Commanders' wide receiver, I think, if they're going to win this one, because the Bills can put points up on pretty much anybody. Yeah, I you know, I think this is going to be a really good game. Um Washington, like you said, they're kind of on fraud alert. They they've been down in both games that they played going into the second half. It's uh one thing to look at for them. I I will say Washington's defense has stepped up. That front seven is no joke. Uh as far as Josh Allen, I'm with you. I think we're going to get something in the middle just because I looked at Raiders team last week. They were dookie. I mean, they were dog water. That looked like a JV high school team out there on defense. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't know what he was throwing to. But I'm going Bills in this one just because I, I think they're more well-rounded. But I, I do see a way Washington can win. You know, if they control the time of possession, limit Josh Allen on the field, they have a chance. For the Bills, you got the run game. It's looked good. Keep going to it. Have it have the most versatile offense that you can have because I think that's that's your best chance in every game because teams are starting to realize hey if we just can contain Allen we should be good to go but um now he he looked really good last week I mean he had eighty percent completion percentage so I think it's not gonna be as high but it's still gonna be around in the seventies maybe high sixties for him give me the Bills next one we got. Texans at Jacksonville. Going Jags. Um, but, I mean, CJ Stroud has looked good, but a lot of his production came in garbage time last week. It's still too early for him to come into a game and for me to say he's going to go toe-to-toe with Jaguars. Uh, teams have been beating up on the Texans uh, on their defense, and now they're without Derek Stingley. And you've got Calvin Ridley coming into town, and you've got Christian Kirk and 
I think Zay Jones is actually out this week, but also Travis Etienne. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a bounce back game from uh, kind of a rough outing, which is kind of hard to say because, like I said, I mean, he should have like three or four touchdowns if Zay Jones could get his feet in bounds. But off a loss to the Chiefs, I think they'll bounce back at home, make this a pretty easy win. Uh, nothing too crazy. The weather might get a little sloppy. So typical, typical Jaguars day in Jacksonville. Ronnie Bass only putting up, what, nine points last week against Kansas City. That shocked me. That game I was really disappointed with. I think, you know, this Jags offense is kind of going to come out with a vengeance because they, they were hyped up a little bit. I think they're going to try to live up to that hype. Calvin Ridley, you know, he has looked electric uh, in week one. I think some of that electricity with that banged-up Houston secondary is going to come back. Christian Kirk is still there. Evan Ingram's doing his thing. ETN still looks solid. Uh, the defensive side for Jacksonville, I thought they they played better than I thought they would, too. You know, only holding Kansas City to 17 points, and I believe it was like it was a four or three turnovers they forced. I think it was three. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really impressive from where they were last year, I feel like. Um, and this is just, Texans, they got a tough schedule, and they're just not all there yet. A lot of their pieces are rebuilding pieces where it's like, let's see what we got with the talent. So, like he said, C.J. Stroud, a lot of garbage time yards. It's going to be tough, but I, I got to go Jacksonville. Next game, we got Colts at Baltimore. Um, this game, we have that uh, tropical storm coming in. I expect this one to be a mess. Um, would bet the under on this game. Like, my life depended on it. It's sitting at 44 right now. Anthony Richardson will be out. Uh, so, and uh, I think Ryan Kelly's out as well, so the offensive line will be a little bit worse for Indianapolis. With Gardner Minshew stepping under center for this Sunday, hopefully uh, Anthony Richardson can come back next week. But the Baltimore Ravens, as is with every year with them, they have a laundry list of injuries. Uh, longest injury report I have seen this early in the season. Uh, trying to find it so I can read off what, like, it, it, all, all of it. Because it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Lovely. We have, okay, so we have out for this game. Odell, Justice Hill, Tyler Linderbaum, their starting center. Uh, Odafe Owe, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Williams. Marlon Humphrey. Uh, already you had uh, Demarion Williams. He was on injury reserve. Uh, Tyus Bowser, uh, Trayvon Mullen. Like some of their depth guys were already out as well at these positions. So a thin Baltimore team hosting the Colts in a monsoon. This is prime time upset. Give me the Colts with Gardner Minshew under center in a horribly conditioned game. Taking the Colts. You know, I'm I'm sticking with Action Jackson. When if Lamar Jackson's on the field, and especially if Zay Flowers now and Mark Andrews is on the field, little short passes, that's all you need. They'll work in space. Um the run game is gonna be a problem though for him with all the injuries. I know Gus Edwards is probably gonna get most of the carries. He's a very serviceable back, but they kind of they, they like a good running back by committee group. So, but 
with the tropical storm. Um, I feel like this is a very Baltimore-esque game. But who knows? Maybe Gardner Minshew goes out here, dots up the whole Baltimore defense. I think it'll be, even with the storm, this will be an exciting game, though. And then uh, that's it for the 1 o'clock games. We'll move to 4.05. Carolina at Seattle. Bryce Young ruled out of the game, I believe, this morning or last night. Yep, Andy Dalton taken under center behind a bad O-line and a Seattle team that needs to keep the momentum going and get their defense rolling. Give me Seattle. Yeah, uh, Carolina, they have they haven't looked that great this year. Even if Bryce Young was in this game, I was going to go Seattle. Uh, Seattle, it was their bounce back win last week. I think they got the ball rolling. Geno Smith looked a lot better. Carolina defense, I feel like it's very similar to Detroit in some ways. Uh, this is another good game for him to build off of. And Carolina, that's a lot of talent they got to work around with. You know, Charbonnet, Walker, Metcalf, Lockett, JSN. I mean, the list goes on and on. But, um, yeah, now with Andy Dalton under center, I, I don't think I can bet against Seattle. Uh, we'll move to a 425 game. The Chicago Bears head to Kansas City. I believe this is, what, the second meeting for uh, Patrick Mahomes against Chicago after um, yes. they passed up on him for Mitch Trubisky? Uh, this is a this is a horrible game for Chicago to be coming into. Um, a lot of drama in that building. Their defensive coordinator resigns for no one really knows. There's some Ooh. vile... Uh, yeah, we won't we won't get into exactly we're not, why. We're not we're not going to talk about it because it hasn't been confirmed yeah. yet. But there's some vile rumors about that man and why he resigned. So no DC. Um, Justin Fields is saying that his coaching staff has given him too much information and that the verbiage of the plays and that he's playing too robotic and he thinks coaching is the reason why they haven't played as free and as flowing as they want to. So now you've got them button heads, whether it's real or not, who knows, but he was honest. And that's kind of the worst thing to be if you're an NFL quarterback is honest about something that's going on in your locker room, um, especially when it comes to coaching. So we've got that. Um, we say it every week. They don't know what they're doing offensively right now. The plays are horrible. Now they're starting left tackles out. Uh, who knows if Nate Davis is going to play. It doesn't look like it. Eddie Jackson's out and on the Kansas City sideline. Just come off a big win against Jacksonville. Travis Kelsey's another week removed from a knee injury. I'm, I mean, it's it's a horrible time to be a Chicago Bears fan. Yeah. After all that offseason hype, you're about to fall to 0-3 because Patrick Mahomes is going to put up 450 yards on your forehead. You know, I'm, Kansas City, they they kind of got the ball rolling last week, but when you're going against Chicago, I feel like everything's just going to go right for you. I'm I'm taking Kansas City as well. But uh, I want to talk about Justin Fields a little bit, go back to him. Like you said, he kind of called out the coaching staff. Was it the right thing to do? No, but I think he is honest, and I do think there's definitely a lot of blame on him for his performance on the field. But I think you also have to take a look at the Chicago coaching staff, at least offensively, and look at the plays that are being called. I think it's around a 50-50 split. I I still don't fully think they trust him, to be honest. 
They don't trust him and treat him like he is the guy. And may, maybe he's not the guy, but you, you got to put some better plays around him. You know, they got DJ Moore. He kind of didn't really get involved until last game. Um, the run game, besides Justin Fields, I feel like it's kind of been non-existent. But this is not a good game to get things going for you. Kansas City, I will say, the over-under for Jawan Taylor penalties is at three right now. I don't know if you're taking the over huh. or under after last week. Well, is he, so. he going to get benched? That's my question. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you saw the Kansas City press conference. They were like, oh, we're working on him with that. Um, we know it's going to be a process. But I will say these are rightful penalties. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, people get yes. away with it. Uh, he's lining up in the backfield. He's basically a fullback yes. on most of his it's plays. Not, it's not about him starting early because, yeah, I mean, we can have a whole 30-minute conversation on whether him and Lane Johnson and all the other right tackles in the NFL shoot off early. It's about his where he's standing. He's, he's set so far back that he's not on the ball. So that's why he's getting these penalties. And you know, maybe maybe this is the week he stops. But I I was glad they kind of cracked down on it last week because especially in Detroit, it was happening like every play. But um, yep. that that can be a problem down the road because if he does have to step up, he might be getting beat more. Not Mahomes might have to scramble a little bit, so that's something you got to watch out for later in the season. But this week against Chicago, you don't have to worry about anything if you're Kansas City. <laughs> Everything's really. going to do well for you. <laughs> uh, next, four, there's only, oh, wow, only two 425 games and one 405. Cowboys at Cardinals. <sighs> the pursuit uh, of Sha- um, Trayvon Diggs out for the season. Um, they confirmed yes, yesterday. Um, did confirm he had a torn ACL. Uh, it's a huge loss for the Cowboys, obviously, but the pursuit for the sack record is on. And Michael yeah. Parsons gets another cupcake offensive line to go against. Arizona, they gave the Giants a hell of a run. Uh, but that's the Giants. This is Dallas. Um, I know I said in the offseason they were closer to the Giants talent-wise than Philly. I apologize. I did not expect the defense to continue to play the way it has. And I didn't expect the offense to look as sound as it has. This is still the same Dallas team from last year. Uh, this offensive line is going to get murdered. I mean, Dallas does that to everybody, though. And Joshua Dobbs is not good enough to <laughs> to stay in the game against that type of pressure. So give me Dallas. Yeah, I'm also going Dallas. The, the, the defense is no joke. I mean, we said it last episode. They're a top three point getter in fantasy football right now. I mean, that you just don't see that out of a defense. Micah Parsons, a man on a mission, but everyone else on the or on the defensive line, I think, has played really well, and that's probably because they're playing next to Micah, so a lot of the tension is getting on him. But um, yeah, the the strong suit for Arizona right now is giving the ball to James Conner, and there, yeah, there was a little bit of questions on Dallas's run defense. I I don't think James Conner is the answer to that. Um offensively for Dallas probably going to be a similar game um you know what you're going to get out of them there'll be some drives they look really good and then there might be a drive where Dak Prescott potentially throws a pick six you you just never know but give me Dallas in this one it's the defense is just they're no joke 
And then we'll move on to the Sunday night game of the week. Steelers at Vegas. Now, they have Vegas favored in this game. And uh, don't know why. Because not a fan. Well, you know, it's, I'm going to sound like a broken record. If I come in here every week and I trash the Steelers offense. But Matt Canada, as we all know, is on my football terrorist list. He's he's public enemy number one for me. He's up there now that Greg Roman's been fired. Uh, I don't care. Like, I, I don't care because we saw it against Cleveland. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. This defense wins them games. That's against Deshaun Watson, who can run a little bit. Enter Jimmy Garoppolo. Enter cinder blocks on his feet, tied to his ankles. Mobility of a deep freezer, okay? I'm taking the Steelers just because of their defense. I think they can win this game by themselves. Um, Vegas last week was horrible. Horrible. Jimmy Garoppolo looked lost. I don't think this offense is going to be good enough to to beat the Steelers' defense. And that's the only reason I'm picking them. I'm not going to talk about the Steelers' offense because, to be quite honest with you, I don't think they're impressive. And I don't even know if they'll take advantage of what is a pretty weak Vegas team. But I know Vegas is not going to destroy this offense. And they're not going to beat them consistently enough to win this game. This is stinky right here when I look at both offenses. Even the the Raiders' defense, I'm not too high on either. Steelers, a great defensive unit. That's all that's needed. I'm also going Steelers. Uh, But I look at both sides. Jimmy G looked awful. I mean, Devontae Adams, is he he still in concussion protocol? I know he had the big hit against him against Buffalo. Pretty sure he's, he's playing. Okay. Even with him on the field, I don't think that's enough when uh, your your quarterback, Jimmy G, need a little bit more weapons. Maybe you get Josh Jacobs going a little bit. I don't know. But Pittsburgh on the offensive side, this is a game to get things going for you. Get Najee involved. Try to get him looking back how he did rookie year, maybe his senior year at Alabama. Um, He has looked slow the first two weeks. I mean, he he's looking it's closer to Eddie Lee. Stop, stop, stop talking about these these keys. It's not possible. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I it's not possible. Matt Canada. I, listen, there's the difference between being a bad OC like Bill O'Brien when you know he got fired. He wasn't calling very good plays. He was a GM or whatever, and also the head coach. He wasn't calling very yeah. good plays. But as we say, you know, he went down there to Nick Shaven's coaching rehab facility. The rehab himself center, right. Yeah. Now he's back in the NFL. Even Matt Canada, he couldn't make Nick Saban's staff. Okay, he couldn't. Uh, Nick Saban wouldn't accept him on his staff. He's a football terrorist. Okay, there's no saving him. Like, what does he do? What does he do? Greg Roman at least schemed a fantastic run game and got tight ends involved. Like, I can't take that away from him. had Lamar Jackson. The run game with the quarterbacks was really good. Run game wise, excellent. Matt Canada, horrible run game coordinator. Horrible. His run. His run plays are terrible. Their offensive line, offensive line coach should be fired as well. How do you spend these resources and invest in the offensive line and Najee and Jalen Warren are getting hit two yards in the backfield every time and they have to break six tackles to get back to the line of scrimmage? Four there was from no both investment. Okay, getting the ball to the, the playmakers, we don't get anything quick. 
I mean, we're we're expecting yeah. Kenny Pickett to go out here and be a, a ten year vet, Ben Roethlisberger, drop back, get the ball down the field. Can we scheme the guy some open looks? Oh wait, can't do that because our run game sucks. So they're gonna stack the boxes against him and send the dogs all night. It, Matt Canada, the football terrorist. You can't save him. You can't. I'm sorry. He's unsavable. He's unredeemable. <laughs> I to be honest, I was shocked he still had a job coming into the year because I thought last year was pretty bad for him. And but, Mike um, Tomlin said, you know, that he wants the fans to be sassy and it's a it's a privilege for them to complain and stuff. No, no, Mike. This is not some cute metaphor lesson. No, fire him. If you want to win football games, get a new OC. Listen, it, they need a new OC because get I feel Greg like Roman. great. Yeah, I mean, that could be way better. That solves all your answers, especially with that offense. Oh, my God. You don't have to have Kenny Pickett do too much and the ball off. Get into those two running backs. Have George Pickens work in space, but um, you've got the you've got one of the best blocking tight ends. Uh, you yeah. Greg Roman saw Darnell That's Washington right get tackle. drafted, Dar- yeah, and, and and his heart skipped a beat. He was like, he, he should have called right for away. My scheme, yeah, yeah. He should have been like, hey, Mike, I got the perfect scheme. Yeah. You see what I you did s- in Baltimore? Yeah, I can bring that right over to Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, listen, we're, we're a match made in heaven. Yeah, who cares if Kenny Pickett's not Lamar Jackson? I did it with Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> oh, I, I can do it with Kenny Pickett if I can do it with Colin Kaepernick. But, um, I, yeah, there needs to be like, the right now at Pittsburgh, I feel like the bar is at just like mediocre. And like, Matt Canada can get them to like that nine and eight season because then it gives Mike Tomlin another season of, oh, I've never fell below 500. So, but you got to move on. I mean, the play calling is awful. But, um, with all that said, I, I, I think Vegas is that bad. I will still take yeah, Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> so do I. Um, we'll move over to the Monday night games. Uh, there's two of them again, 7-15 and 8-15. Uh, we got Philly heading to Tampa Bay. Jordan, this is the battle of the Hog Mollies. I'm excited for this front seven versus this O-line, I will say. This is, it'll be an interesting game because I don't know, I mean, is this really a fraud check for Tampa Bay? Like, are we really rating them highly after beating Minnesota and Chicago? You know, no. like, I don't think we are, but they're 2-0. Uh, I'm going to take Philly in this one because, um, I mean, this defense for, for Tampa is playing fast and they're they're getting to the football and they're doing some really good things defensively. Just think Philly will have an answer for that. Obviously, it's really hard to pressure Jalen Hurts in front of them. I mean, with that offensive line in front of him. So, uh, I want to see the Eagles call a better game, especially in the first half. Play calling has been very mediocre so far this year, I think. Uh, I also think this will be a squeaky wheel game for A.J. Brown. You know, I think they're going to pepper him, get him some touches early, you know, smooth things over on that front. <laughs> I was going to so, say, uh, if they don't, that's <laughs> there might be trouble in paradise. Uh, I will I will take the Eagles. but uh. It'll be interesting to see how close Tampa Bay makes it. I was gonna say, do you do you think this is a close game when it when I the think I think it'll be closer than people expect. I was gonna say, I think Tampa can can keep it to one score, I, not because I think Tampa's that great, but I'm kind of with you. Philly's play calling has kind of been, I don't want to say mediocre, but it has been great so far. Um. If Tampa's defense can keep him in it and Baker Mayfield just just manages that game, 
They have a chance to win. But I feel like there's a better chance Jalen Hurts has a better game. The defense comes up really big for Philly. And they run the ball down Tampa Bay's throat. That's that's yep. probably what's going to happen. So give me Philly. Um, A.J. Brown, uh, if he does get involved or doesn't get involved, I don't think it will matter too much. You know, Devonta Smith has just been lights out with Jalen Hurts. The connection's right there. But we'll see. And then we cap it off. We got a Super Bowl rematch. The L.A. Rams head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals with maybe a Bengals team without Joe Burrow. Tweaked the calf again last week. Yeah, the way it's sounding, it's sounding like Joe Burrow ain't playing. Um, even with the limited practices, it's sounding like one of those things they want to get him healthy. And Tommy, without Joe Burrow, I don't think they're winning this game. Um, not with the way Sean McVay, I, I got to give him props. He's in his bag, like it deep, deep in his bag at this point. Without Cooper Cup, um, report came out through the Athletic. Uh, Puka Nakua has been joining him and Stafford at breakfast. I was about to say, um, yeah. Now, see, I was, you know, you can you can vouch for me. I was in on Puka during the draft. Him on all my dynasty teams. I was a big fan of his. I would have drafted him in the first round of my rookie drafts if I knew he was going <laughs> to breakfast with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. I, you know, we got the the breakfast report from Cooper Cup, and he he had a triple crown season. So this this changes everything. Okay, he goes from I think he's a good wide receiver too to I think MVP offensive player of the yeah, year. I mean, I think we're talking about triple crown. Like that's the bare minimum, right? Like that's that's where we're setting the floor at. Um, can't make us trade it from the Rams. He already lost his job. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams in this one, and I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take them even if Joe Burrow doesn't play, or even if Joe Burrow plays. Um, I think Sean McVay has been on fire early in the season calling plays, scheming up a game plan around Kyron Williams, Puka. I think Stafford has looked excellent. Uh, statistically, he's been kind of mediocre, but the arm strength is there. He's getting the ball out quick. This offensive line, like I said, is much better than it was last year. And I think defensively, there's still enough talent there where they can disrupt this offensive line for the Bengals, who have once again been pretty mediocre. Um, Bengals side of things, without Joe Burrow, T. Higgins Jake in the Browning, backfield. Jake Browning is the quarterback. I mean, you would think, here's the issue. Zach Taylor is not that great of an offensive coach, even though he is an offensive coach. From the Rams, they play too, very, right? They, yeah, they play very slow. Uh, they have this weird infatuation with giving Joe Mixon 17 touches a game where he can just run the ball for three yards a pop. When you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, it doesn't, something doesn't click with me when I could just throw the ball two yards to Jamar Chase. And there's like a 50-50 chance he breaks the defender's ankles and gets me another five or 10 or better yet houses it. Or I could, here you go for three yards to Joe Mixon. Uh, again, make Madden sense. guy. So, yeah. so maybe, you know, maybe it, maybe it's harder in real life. I don't know. With Joe Burrow, I could be, maybe he's even, just better at handing the ball off. Even with a tweak calf, I think he can do it. Right. So anyway, um, don't see the Bengals getting it right, not without Joe Burrow. And uh, falling to 
there's going to be some tough conversations had in that building. I think it's, it's shaping up to be a weird year for them, right? Because they're going to say, well, Joe Burrow tweaked his calf. That's why we lost that game. And then the next game, you know, we didn't have him. And that's why we lost against the Rams. And they're going to come into week four, 0-3, last in your division. And a very tough division at that. Uh, Zach Taylor, hot seat? I mean, you got to be at this point. I think he is on the hot seat. You brought up Sean McVay uh, doing great job calling plays right now. I think Zach Taylor's done a terrible job. And the get, crazy thing is, Tommy, they they started out the, the Super Bowl year. They kind of started out slow, and then they got you know yep. super hot down the stretch. And Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase just played ridiculously well down the stretch. But it's not because of scheme. We said it last week. Talent. They don't they, they don't scheme Jamar Chase. They tell him go out there, go out wide, beat your guy. That's like your, yeah. like use your talent to win. We're not going to give you the scheme is not revolving around you so much. Um, they started out slow last year, you know. Yeah, and they picked it up. You're starting out slow again. They're gonna pick but it up. But now you don't. You don't have a healthy job. Yeah. And it's you know it's only the calf or whatever, and it's only tweaked. But we see Calves what happens, tough, man. Yeah, that's a tough injury, especially when you've got to scramble and, you know, do a lot of rapid movements on it. It might feel good going into Monday, and maybe he even plays. So what happens the first time Aaron Donald's coming up the middle, you know, and it's it's busted protection, and he's got to try to spin out of the way, and he plants on his foot, and now it's, it flares up again, and it's tweaked. I tell you now what he does. Step one. I he He plants that foot. He hits the Dwight Schrute spin move, and then he gets another <laughs> someone else is tackling him right there. But uh, and then he goes to the sideline, gets gets the tortoiseau right in the calf. That's what that's what's gonna happen in Cincinnati. But um, <laughs> I will if Joe Burrow plays, I say they squeak out a win. If he doesn't play, I'm going Rams. Um, I'm glad you brought up brought up Puka. I had three first round picks in my in our dynasty league. Three, I spent them all on receivers. If I knew what it was going to look like this, probably would have picked <laughs> him with one of those three picks. I'm just saying. I went JSN, Zay Flowers, and Josh Downs. I don't think Josh Downs would be on my team right now if I knew someone was going to these breakfast meetings with him. And uh, honestly, at this point, if you are a Rams receiver, why are you not at these meetings? I'm going to be honest. I mean, it's it's Sean McVay's bag has been deep. This yeah. is one of his most impressive years as a play caller because he's without Cooper Cup, and he's got these rookies and these young guys like Tutu and Puka Nakua and him. I mean, Stafford said he's having trouble connecting with the new receivers. I, that was a lie. Yeah, because this is the best Stafford's looked since the Super Bowl year, yeah. obviously. But like spreading the ball around, I mean, he didn't have to do that a whole lot his first year in Los Angeles. He just kind of no. hit Cooper Cup seventeen times a game. So I mean, spreading the ball around. He's doing an excellent job. And the run game, they didn't have much of one last year. They didn't really. I mean, if you really look at it, their Super Bowl year, it wasn't that impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're doing just fine without Cam Akers. And I, uh, Puka Nakua is doing a great job moonlighting as Cooper Cup. He, he might be the second coming of Cooper Cup. Um, I will say these meetings aren't hard to get into. I don't know if you saw what Nakua said. He just said, can I, can I come in the morning? And they were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
stop on by. So it's not like it's like VIP access or anything. No, and anyone, I mean, it's like the Giants' offensive line. Anyone, just come on through. Just uh, just step right in. So I mean, maybe I need to go. Maybe yeah, listen, I mean, you know, I got I got a couple got the, more rec years in me. You know, you got the toe tapping, you. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I think it's possible. Yeah, I can learn. Yeah, I, <laughs> anyone can learn. I feel like if with those breakfast <laughs> meetings, but uh. I I will go Rams if Burrow doesn't play. But if he does, I'm not going to say the offense won't look good because I still think it will. It'll just be like one of those games where it's Cincinnati would squeak by. Um, anything else you want to add for these games before we sign off here, Jordan? No. Um, big fan of Puka Nakua. Number, yeah. one, number one Puka fan on the planet. So much that you got George Kittle for him. Well, you know, it's called diversifying. You diversify your, your, your portfolio. Okay? I learned that as a finance major. Continuing to learn that. It's called risk management, okay? Okay, okay. And that was before the breakfast report came out. Now, if I oh, okay. had, had okay. I known that information before, he wouldn't have been Listen, off my team. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because if I'd known, I would have had him too. But um, yeah. I mean, you got you got an easy Sunday this week. No Niners playing, so that means you can clock in full time on the fantasy team. So you're probably excited. If I'm exactly, if I'm not yeah. watching the games, who is Tommy? You know what I mean. And what's the setup going to look like? One TV, two TV. Well, you know, we, we listen. One monitor, all I need. Put the red yeah. zone on. We're good. Okay. And, and if I if I need the to Ocho watch anything. Box? Yeah, the Octobox. Yeah, Octobox. Uh, if I need anything spe- specifically, look it up on my phone, watch a stream on there. I'm a very okay. classic guy. See, I'm the th- I'm a three TV guy. I go back to our dorm setup. I got I I got it Sunday ticket middle cable games left and right. So I like that. I, I like that. I gotta have the three. But um, yeah. I mean, this is the first time this year where you can just focus on the fantasy teams on Sunday. So that's that's a big plus for you because I, I know how you are. You dial in. You dial in early and fast. You're like Drake. I, gotta, I don't listen, know what to say. I gotta, listen, I, gotta, I gotta be there for the guys, okay? I yeah. am the 12th man for the San Francisco 49ers. You got the visor on too? Yes. Visor, I got sunglasses. the play sheet. I got yeah. the play sheet. I got my headset on. I think I'm Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. That same plays. headset? Or? Yeah. Okay. I think and I'm calling you're... plays, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing it all. I got, I got what... a whistle. I'm what plays are you all. calling? Oh, you know the plays that work. You know, inside always. zone. Yeah, inside zone. Uh, crack toss. <laughs> Spider uh, two wide banana. Yeah, it's a classic. Uh, Paco X dig. That's a, that's a, I love that play in Madden. Uh, vertical crosser. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. PA crosser or PA read. Uh, I'm, sometimes I get crazy, you know. I think Brock Purdy's got a little bit more yeah. athleticism than credit court. I might call a, a read option. Now he Tri- always checks well, out tri- of it for some reason. How about triple option? Uh, nah, listen. Sometimes ever, I put deep. I, I put people <laughs> in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. Sometimes they again he checks out of it. Uh, you know, it, but I get the I get the plays in on time. I think he hears yeah, me sometimes. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Exactly. So yeah, I, do you ever put McCaffrey on? Do you ever Ottawa him do like the Texas route? Oh, he's always on a Texas route. Yeah, so it's always. like every pass play, you're just like, nope, you got to change yes. that. Mm-hmm. Kyle, yep, yep, I don't know what yep. you're doing. Uh, yeah, okay. Texas route, always. 
Uh, Always and then and D- it's just like Novocaine. Works every time. <laughs> Totoral, man. It works every time in the past. <laughs> um, and then Debo's on the slant, I'm guessing, right? Yep. Or drag. Yeah. Yeah. And then RPO, yeah, right. same. Yeah, and then you know George Kittle's blocking. I, he's 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 doing what he he loves yeah. to do. Ayuk fifteen yard in or something. Yeah, he's doing. You know, yeah. he got some exotic routes for him. Only yeah. stuff that he can do. You know. Yeah, you but you you always put him on the smart route to make sure he's good at the first down, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just making sure. Uh, that is gonna do it for us today. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Armchair GMs. We hope you guys enjoyed. See you.